Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. So women worry about weight and they worry about going on to HRT because they think they're going to gain weight and that is not the case. Welcome back to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast. I am here as always your host Adele Johnston, the Menopause Coach, and I am presenting the beautiful Caris Sonnenberg. Dr. Caris is an NHS GP and menopause and women's health specialist. She is vastly making waves in this space by bringing us so much insightful knowledge and information and she does so over on her website rowenahealth.co.uk where you can follow along with women's health advice and guidance from a GP perspective. How cool is that? Kaz is recording a lot of information on there. You can follow along on her Instagram site where she has a lot of very, very knowledgeable information on reels, posts and her stories. So please do make sure you are following along and show notes as always will contain your links. So today, ladies, we are diving into a very, very talked about topic and subject within the menopause space. And for some of you, this may be the first time that you are becoming very familiar with what the words metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance actually are and mean. But what I would say is, as we discuss this, you're going to hear a lot from myself and Dr. Karis Sonnenberg on the topics. Keep an open mind. Let this resonate and marinate with you. And if you do feel triggered at any point through this episode, please know that that is the universe's way of saying you needed to hear this today. So please bear that in mind and keep yourself in a very compassionate setting and space. We are going to share with you what these words mean. We're going to take you on a journey through how we can proactively as women support our bodies through menopause transition and look to prevent metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance as much as possible. Not everyone can, but also how we can then treat our bodies very beautifully and lovingly if we do have that formal GP confirmation of metabolic syndrome and the impacts from it. So without further ado, Dr. Karis Sonnenberg, it is beautiful to have you with us in this episode. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was um, that was a lovely introduction. I'm very grateful to be able to talk about this. It's something I am very passionate about and I think it's something that can be confusing and something that will help women to understand how when they reach the stage in life, when their hormones are changing, how it can be a brilliant time to look at their bodies, their health, and help prepare themselves for their future health. Because what we want to do is embrace the menopause positively, get any help and support that we need, and get our bodies ready so that we can really enjoy in good health and have good quality of life with the rest of the life that we have ahead of us. And there's no reason why we can't do that. But certainly being aware of things that are happening in our body, partly through the menopause, through hormones, um, um, so that we know what we need to do, because it's quite easy to let our health and our choices maybe slip at times, and particularly if we're not feeling so good in ourselves. So it's brilliant to be able to talk about this. Thank you. 
Yes, I know. I can't wait to do it with you, actually. I know that we have a lot of conversations offline. And between mm. you and I, we talk very regularly on hot topics, on new research, and both of us are quite in-depth on the way that we do read up and research on things and share that knowledge and conversations. And I love it. I love it. So we're letting kind of everyone else into the back end of our conversations that happen yes. across <laughs> DMs. So everyone listening to this today, welcome to Mine and Caris's conversations. We are going deep into the metabolic syndrome space first. And I think what's really abundant within this is that and we will explain this from a kind of medical point of view as well, or Dr. Karras will. I think what's really, really important with this as we go through this subject today is that you don't panic, okay? The worst thing that can happen here is that you start to panic and think, oh my God, I've got this. What's wrong with me? What do I do? So first off, when we look at this from a space of what we need to know as perimenopausal and menopausal women, what would you advise understanding wise of what metabolic syndrome is maybe if we go there because I think what can happen is as we start to navigate like you've alluded to at the start of any menopausal journey we may come across some adjustments in how we show up in our mobility and our activity levels we may find that through heavier bleeding for example we might become extremely exhausted so our movement frequency and duration will maybe drop. We might become a little bit subdued and feel that we need comfort. As one woman at the weekend said to me, I've just been living off of packets of minstrels for about five, six months now and had gained some weight by doing that that she was feeling quite upset about. So there's this element of, like you say, we transition through our menopause and we have this beautiful kind of compassion but not everyone can step into that space. So what is metabolic syndrome? Let's start there. Okay, so if we talk about um, just going to changes in the menopause and how it affects our, our metabolism, and then we'll come on to the diagnostic criteria. So menopause can cause some metabolic changes. Um, and as a consequence, some women will progress to develop metabolic syndrome. So the way it does is, is menopause causes changes to our lipids and our lipoproteins, um, our glucose. It um, can cause insulin resistance. It changes the way our body fat is distributed by um, increasing our central um, deposition of body fat. It can affect our blood pressure, blood clotting and metabolic syndrome is a change in metabolism that happens with us and can be, it's linked with cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And insulin resistance forms a pivotal part of it. When we look at the diagnostic criteria, and this is in Europe, um, there was a wonderful talk at the British Menopause Society by a cardiology doctor at the Royal Brompton, and he was discussing the diagnosis in Europe and the diagnosis is made of um, three of the following. So you have to have a waist circumference greater than 80 centimeters in Europe. This is different when you're in America. Mm -hmm. A glucose um, of greater than 5.6 uh, millimoles per liter, um, I'm assuming that's fasting glucose, or you're taking a glucose lowering agent, for example, like mm -hmm. um, metformin. Your LDL cholesterol, which is your good cholesterol, which is less than 1.3 millimoles per litre. Your triglycerides would be greater than 1.7 millimoles per litre. And either one of your systolic 
which is your top blood pressure, or your diastolic, which is your bottom part of your blood pressure, is greater than 130 over 80. So those sorts of changes in your body um, can, can make a diagnosis of metabolic syndrome. And we know that metabolic syndrome is like a collection of mm. metabolic disturbances, all of which are interlinked. So you've got your insulin resistance, your blood pressure changes, so blood pressure goes up, your lipids change, your glucose tolerance changes, you change with your, 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 your central, you become, may become central obesity um, can, can occur um, and you get blood clotting changes. Um, so, so it's just changes in your body that are happening as your hormones change, as you get older um, and that's the diagnosis of it. Just thinking about if we, and this is me doing my thing where I'm like, right, there's a lot of kind of medical terminology in there. And I want to help the ladies listening to this that like me are not in the medical space. But what we look at with it is when we talk about metabolic changes, this is from a cellular level. If we look at it that way inside the body where the metabolism, the body's ability to take that energy source that we have and metabolize that, feed all of our cells, help us to function healthily. We utilize that energy and then we go again, right? We feed ourselves, yeah. we do the same thing in the same process. So our body's ability to use that metabolic, well, requirement of survival to utilize and move the energy through our body for where we need it to breathe, to beat our heart, to inflate and deflate our lungs, to blink, to swallow. That's what we're talking about when we say metabolic energy use and where we see then metabolic changes, it would then be where the metabolism, the body's ability to metabolize the energy from the fuel source is moved, is changed, maybe slows slightly, maybe doesn't process the food items. For example, refined carbohydrates where we have a higher glucose intake. All you need to kind of think about is as my hormones start to drop and estrogen takes a decline, the body's ability to function the way it did starts to change a little bit. And what yeah. we might then find is where you've talked about some of these um, diagnostic pieces is we may find then that where we say about lipids, that's our fat cells. So we might find that we are holding on to fat lipids a little bit longer and in places where we've never maybe had them before, for example, centrally. So we might find that the adipose tissue or body fat tissue sits around our tummy area a bit more. So we might find then that we've got a little bit of the body's ability to process energy slowing slightly, but we're still feeding the body. And for some ladies, potentially not allowing of that energy source to be used as frequently. We're maybe not as mobile, we're not training as hard as we used to, etc. And then you mentioned about um, the kind of blood pressure. So this was where the systolic mm -hmm. blood pressure, etc. So what I suppose I would, and you can tell me if I've summarized this right, what I would summarize that of is in our body, we would notice things like blood pressure changes. So we might find that we become sweaty and all of a sudden we're thinking, well, wait a minute, I get hot sweats and flushes. But we might find then that we have a racing heart rate coupled with palpitations that could come. Yeah, we might find that we get a little bit dizzy. And again, this is maybe where we're getting our blood pressure checked. The GP might then say, well, actually, yes, Adele, your blood pressure is a bit, a bit higher than it should be at this point. I want to test you again. 
you know, just make sure you're de-stressing, you're relaxing and you start thinking, well, I've not changed anything and I don't feel stressed. Yeah. So blood pressure changes. We might see that we've got higher blood pressure. We might see that we've got a larger um, hip to waist ratio and our waist is thickening, enlarging. We're maybe carrying more belly fat. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say that that's quite a, a good way of ladies to, to say, well, actually, yes, I'm having those changes? So I think what you've just summarized beautifully is the symptoms that you can see as part of the menopause symptoms and some Mm -hmm. women suffer from those. Often blood pressure, though, is something if you have high blood pressure, you may not have any symptoms at all. So um, it's very important to get your blood pressure checked every five years. And often it's something you can do at home now, actually, if you're really nervous about going into the doctor. um, Sometimes we see something called white coat hypertension, where people come into the doctor, they feel relaxed, but their blood Mm. pressure is extremely high. So we can work with that and we can um, actually um, let you monitor your blood pressure at home where you're stress levels are reduced um, and then you can send us um, some blood pressures that you take at home over the week and we can then work out the average and we have little ways of making sure that we're giving you the right levels of blood pressure and your blood pressure target will vary enormously really um, according to what health issues you you suffer with um, for example if you're diabetic or you have kidney disease we may have different threshold targets um, th- yet yeah, this diagnosis and I think you're exactly right is not a diagnosis that you need to worry specifically about but it is a diagnosis that you need to know about mm. because it will then help you make those changes. I mean, you were saying that, you you know, your, your lady you met this weekend um, had been living on minstrels. And mm-hmm. I had one of my w- most wonderful patients came to see me and she filled out her eating diary and it was full of just crisps and chocolate and not a single thing other than that was on it. Um, so we were so, we celebrated the fact that she'd written it all down honestly. And then we looked to see what changes she could make. And there were certainly some changes she could make. And she did it. She was incredible, but she did it one meal at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made such an enormous difference for her to see. She didn't, hadn't reflected on what was happening to her body until it was written down in front of her and she had done it herself. That's powerful. Um, and that was the most incredible thing that we could have done together. Um, and then over time, with lots of support, she was able to think, actually, I'm just going to substitute that meal, lunch, mm-hmm. for something healthy. And then I'm going to see how I feel afterwards. And she felt different. And she could see that she felt different. Mm-hmm. And she reflected on it, absorbed on it, and then started to make changes with the other meals as well. So so this diagnosis is certainly one that we need to know about because it is linked to coronary heart disease and type 2 diabetes. And those are big things for us as women. Mm-hmm. Um, we are more likely to die of coronary heart disease than we are of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of women worry about HRT because of the risk of breast cancer, whereas we're twice as likely to die of coronary heart disease than we are of breast cancer. And type 2 diabetes, we're seeing a lot of now because women, men, all of us are gradually gaining weight as we get older yeah. and, and it trickles on and we often don't know about it. So, um, and it might just be that you size up clothes, you um, you sort of 
you're so busy, you haven't really noticed your eating patterns aren't exactly as they as they should be. And that's why this is such an amazing time as menopause is to yeah. embrace, right, this is what I've got to deal with. This is my eating diary. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is now, but what can I do to make my life better? So if I'm going to either go down this trajectory of keeping that weight trickling on, I then become hypertensive where I actually need to have blood pressure treatment. Yeah. And I'm I'm type two diabetic, and then I'm going to be on medication. I'm going to be really looking at my diet, and I've got a different route to. If I think to myself now, okay, this is me now. What can I really do to stop going down that path and mm-hmm. give myself this great path where I don't have all that stuff that's going to happen to my body and yes. the complications that will come with that? And it's nothing to panic about. It's just something to know about because. It's easy to let five years trickle ahead. And I often say to women, I'd much rather tell you outright now, you know, your weight is too high. This is what is going to happen if it keeps going on. Um, But you now have the time to say, okay, I don't want that path. I want this path. Mm -hmm. But it it doesn't need to be panicked about. It just needs to be something you think, okay, now it's time to make those changes because metabolic syndrome, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance. We don't want these things. We want to live in a nice, healthy body. Um, And yes, it's hard. It is hard to lose weight when we're menopausal. It is. Um, And it is hard to exercise because we sit around a lot and Mm -hmm. we sit and we might go out and do a 15 minute run and think, great, we've done a run. And then we sit all day because we're doing work like this, don't we? And that's no good for us either. So we have to be really mindful that our bodies were not made to sit around and be sedentary all day. We were made to walk, to Mm -hmm. run around, to be active. And we have to think if we're now living, we never used to live this long. And sort of in the last 120 years, we've massively changed as human beings. So we have to now embrace that so that that later part of our life comes with health and quality of life, not just life, but quality of life, not 20 medications. I might speak to some older people and say to them, my word, I mean, how do you manage all these 20 medicines that you've got to take each day? Um, and they're like, I know. I mean, I, I just wish we could stop something. But each one has a reason because mm. of the conditions they've got. And it's not just metabolic syndrome, but it could be anything. So there are things that we can really do with our bodies to look after them really well. And the importance of doing that is that it will give us the quality we want out of the future. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I think I got absolute shivers down my spine when we're saying, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this is not just existence. This no. is living life. It's this is life. not existing. Amazing life, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And postmenopausal women can feel amazing. We can do all these incredible Oh hell yes. <laughs> we do not want to have anything holding us back. And this we, is the stage of life that we get to, you know, when we think about it, right? We, and this is not assigning an age limit or a category to this, but this is saying that we as women get to be empowered in choice. And it's through that awareness rather than the ignorance, isn't yes. it? It not one. just yeah. living on the, the, the crisps and the chocolate bars, those still play a role in your life because if we enjoy yeah. them, we should have them with no shame and no you know tarnishing or labeling around that. Yeah, you're welcome to eat what you want to eat, but with an, a sense of awareness rather than ignorance. Yeah, you've got to think, what am I going to put into my body? And sometimes what are the, it, it isn't easy to make change. I find change difficult. I know that it is difficult, but sometimes 
trying it, doing a little baby steps is good because yes. if you start to think, right, I am going to exercise every day and I'm going to start with boot camp. Um, yeah, gosh. <laughs> she's like, right, I'm on it. You've convinced me. I'm changing my life now. Great, well done. So then she went to boot camp and like injured her knee and then couldn't exercise at all. So, so yeah. we have to go with baby steps. Completely. Um, I loved her attitude. She was incredible. Yeah. Uh, so an army boot camp is where she started from, from sofa to army boot camp. <laughs> <It was laughs> oh, I love but, that. Um, such a focus. Yeah, such a was, focus. She was so late. Yeah, she was great. Um, but yeah, so those little changes. And then see how you feel when you make those changes. Because actually, you know, the chocolate and, and those sorts of things. Yes, absolutely. You can have these things in small amounts. But you've got to think, it, how is if I if I exist on this and and if I don't have those other things which so the the, the protein is really important for us to repair our bodies yeah colorful fruits and vegetables we know with our gut microbiome um it, those are really important and the ultra processed foods I I had I was really surprised recently and and I didn't believe I did I could I couldn't believe I didn't know this was um I was looking at um a post on Instagram and it was talking about the difference between milk which is a non-processed food yeah then you've got natural yogurt which is a mildly processed food and then you've got flavored yogurt which is an ultra processed food and yes. I'd assumed yeah. you know yogurt's really good for you it's good protein <laughs> but actually you know that's the sort of processing you may not be aware of you may be thinking to yourself I've got a really good healthy diet and there may be things that you're actually eating that are really really high in sugar sugar is um is a problem for us um in the carbohydrate starchy form and in the sugar form because we become some of us become insulin resistant as we become older so therefore um the insulin helps the glucose into the cells so it can be used for energy and if you're insulin resistant um then your glucose is more easily may uh, laying down in fat um, and that's one of the reasons that we may gain weight in menopause. It's certainly not the only reason. Often we become less active, mm -hmm. often our eating habits change, and, so, and our body wants to hang on to a bit of fat because that makes estrone, which is our type 3 estrogen. So we, we, our body's naturally going to want to hang on to a little bit of that. So, yeah, it certainly can be a bit more difficult. Mm. But, but looking at what you're doing, making sure you're really looking at what you're eating and not making some mistakes because you didn't realize um then it, it can make a big difference you know having your 40 year old nhs health checks and making sure you know what your lipids are um also really really helpful so looking at an assessment of what am i doing now and what would i like for my future i love that i love it because it's not even so much that it's a you know not everyone is the same no. Right. And I think what's important Perfect. with this is it's not just as easy as jumping on to Google and finding out, you know, how to live the healthiest lifestyle, because you're going to come up against internal biases. You're going to come up against pseudosciences and different approaches to things. But in ultimate effect, it's about what is going to be the best health and happiness journey for you, because health is reliant upon so many more multifaceted aspects it's not just the food we eat it's also the way that we think yeah we yeah. can control our health through a single thought process because our brain and our connection to our emotional intelligence and well-being plays a huge role in all of this 
So of course, if you start to think to yourself, I'm so health fearful, and this is actually one of the perimenopausal symptoms and ailments that we can face is health anxiety. We start to develop this irrational catastrophizing sense of I'm going to develop cancer. I'm going to develop metabolic syndrome. I'm going to have insulin resistance. I'm going to dot, dot, Mm. dot. But what's a massive part in all of this is please become hyper aware of what you want and need for your body's health and happiness journey. Because for me, I will not stop eating pizza. I will not stop eating broccoli. I will not stop eating, you know, all the foods that I enjoy when I go away on holiday and we walk past some local vendors and I've never tried these things before. Just because they've got syrups or sugars within them doesn't have me go, ooh, that's poison. Can't eat that because it's not. Your body is designed to do its job beautifully with your amazing endocrine system where glucagon plays a massive role within our glucose functionality and the body's ability to use it. It's your brain's main fuel source. We've got to remember, yeah, carbohydrates are a food group that although not essential for life, unlike fats and protein, you will live without carbohydrates yeah, you, you will not without fats and proteins, but what we've got to remember, and this is over time, okay, this is not just in one day, what we've got to remember with that intake of carbohydrates is there are different forms. We've got these fast acting, which are our more refined, yeah, our white breads, our white pastas, our Haribo sweeties and chocolate bars. And then we've got our more slow releasing, which are more of our whole grains, our porridge oats, for example, where you do have that satiety level where you feel a bit fuller for longer, higher in fiber. So when we kind of break this down a little bit, is there's no shame. This is not a shaming exercise of you have developed this because of that. It becomes more a, well, how do we help to prevent this for those of you listening to it right now thinking, Well, I definitely know I don't have metabolic syndrome because I'm not showing any of those um, determining factors that we've spoken about in the diagnostics. Maybe the blood pressure one you will need to, like Dr. Sonnenberg says, get checked out first. But what we can then do is for those of you listening to this saying, well, actually, I'm struggling with just having been diagnosed and confirmed and my body isn't responding the way it used to. I actually hear this a lot. I don't know if you get this into the surgery a lot of the time with patients, but I hear a lot of ladies will contact me and say, Adele, I used to be able to lose weight very quickly when I put my mind to it. And I used to be able to, you know, maybe fluctuate between a dress size throughout the year, but I've gained so much additional body fat right now and I can't seem to do anything to stop it happening. And that becomes quite a stressful situation you no longer feel in tune with your body anymore because what used to work no longer does do you face that a lot within your care yes absolutely it is more difficult and it is upsetting for women when they haven't got the control that they used to have um, upon themselves or upon their bodies. Um, and we talk about that when we're looking at menopause treatment, for example. If we briefly talk about hormone replacement therapy um, mm. and how that has um, a role in metabolic syndrome, it's not a licensed treatment for metabolic syndrome, but it can 
improve your metabolic um, status in the body mm. by reducing your lipids. We know that it does reduce the blood lipids and we know it reduces your LDL depending on whether you take it through the skin or orally it can have a change on your HDL and your triglycerides mm -hmm. we know that it can increase insulin resistance whether it has an effect on weight I get this a lot so women worry about weight and they worry about going on to HRT to treat mm -hmm. the menopausal symptoms because they think they're going to gain weight and that is not the case no. the weight generally comes through the changes of metabolism that happen as we get older with the hormonal changes and the um and and the, the mobility changes and the uh, the way our body changes that that causes the weight again hrt has an effect on blood pressure so it doesn't lower blood pressure but it also doesn't increase mm -hmm. blood pressure but it's interesting if we look at um i was doing a british menopause society course and it's looking at the effect of hrt in reduction of coronary heart disease and um and when it and comparing it with statin therapy a lot mm. of people are offered statins to bring their cholesterol down and hrt is actually um comparable to um in its effects um so it's not we know it's cardioprotective reduces your risk of cardiovascular diseases and it's cardioprotective if you take it under the age of 60 and within 10 years of your menopause so if you have got metabolic syndrome and you're looking at your options then um you need to be counseled into you know if you've got symptoms so hrt is licensed for symptomatic relief um affecting the quality of life of menopause it's not licensed for metabolic syndrome it's not licensed as a preventive cardiac coronary heart disease however there's a lot of evidence that it cha is changing with it um so we we things may change in the future we, uh, it's certainly not happening at the moment um the british menopause society um I've, there's a lot of evidence out there um mm. but the but the symptom relief is the thing but if you were looking and thinking okay so I've got these symptoms I don't know how to treat my menopause I don't know what should I do because it's really confusing everyone's got an opinion at the moment of what you should whether you should take HRT or not should you do it naturally is it natural what should you eat what should you not eat you know I, I've been amazed on social media about what people's opinions actually are so it's incredibly confusing for women yeah. to know um, so if you are looking at, okay, so I'm going to see my doctor, I've, I've now got these metabolic changes, what, what are my options? That, it's good to know that, that actually HRT has a favourable um, mm -hmm. effect on your body's metabolism as well as treating your symptoms, but it isn't licensed for that use. But it is good to know if you were offered a statin or HRT um, or would you need, but I mean, I don't know that, that it's, it's mm. just interesting to know that that's something that is a consideration when you're talking about your health with your GP. And also when you're, you know, if your lipids are a certain profile, should you, would you be better off with a certain type of HRT? If you were considering that it's difficult now because um, of the opinions out there and the risk factors, everybody needs a full risk assessment and mm -hmm. Type of hormone replacement you can take completely depends on your risks yourself. So what your weight is, if you're overweight, then we're not going to want to give you anything that's going to increase your risk further. So you're going to be better off with a transdermal HRT um, rather. But if you're if you have no risk factors whatsoever, you have a choice of how you take your HRT and how it's going to affect your your metabolism. So you know it's just good to know that, that yeah. it is part of the consideration. As it yeah. Were. It, it and I mean it can it can get so 
exhausting for a lot yep. of ladies to think about well I don't know where to start if they're in Taurus energy like you and they think I do not do well with change <laughs> then it can become very much a, I'm just going to stick with what I know and the minstrels taste good and yeah. I'm fine I'm still alive six months yeah. later after living off of them so it does yeah. become this part of let's just get you some support that social support from yeah. guided knowledge and that's an important thing because you're right you know you've touched upon the fact that social media is kind of full just now of personal biases that come out and we can't regardless of as much of the time that I'll say you know I'm stepping into this as an agendaless professional as unbiased as possible I do need to make the disclaimer that I value my health so vastly it's my top value in life Mm -hmm. My second top value is life currency. So that's my life, my living my life, my time here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of that is appreciating that I replace my hormones. I top my hormones up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody listening to this, if you're new here, I went through a lot of changes in my own body and noticed them vastly at 36 years old. At 37, after over a year of biopsies, internals, externals, all the different tests, the bloods, you name it, I had it. Ended up going private in the end to get a lot of um, gynecology support and care because they thought and suspected that I may have had cervical cancer. I'd had precancerous cells that I had had some procedures for to remove. My dad had had a certain type of throat cancer in his larynx and they actually advised me that what they're finding between father and daughter is that the same strain of that cancer cell is found within male throat cancer and female cervical cancer. Mm -hmm. So what interested me on that was, wow, first off, health anxiety went absolutely through the roof perimenopausal symptom at the time didn't know but the the end part of all of that was I was then confirmed I don't use the word diagnosed because menopause is not an illness a disease or anything of the sort but I got confirmed with early perimenopause at 37 so for me knowing the knowledge I knew the connections I had I made the decision that my marina coil would remain in place that was my contraceptive at the time and I obviously know that that has a synthetic form of a progestogen rather than progesterone, but it works for me. It's my choice of progesterone replacement. Mm -hmm. Within 24 hours of replacing my coil, I noticed a lot of my symptoms disappear or get a lot easier to manage. So straight away, the penny drops. This is hormonal. There are changes mm -hmm. in my hormone profiling. Went on to using the Besson's estrogel pump pack. So I use two pumps of that each day at the moment. And I also then went on to testosterone replacement therapy because my testosterone levels were so, well, let me quote my private doctor, non-existent Adele, how are you even functioning? Good so Lord. this is where we get to then have that insight to say, number one, something isn't quite right with me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel something is right with me. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if bloods are coming back. You will absolutely echo me on this. I know you will. If bloods are coming back in the normal, okay, inverted commas, normal range, it doesn't mean that they are normal ranges for you. 
then as we navigate through and we start to recognize these changes and these symptoms and these onset of difficulties that we might face okay the whole list of perimenopausal symptoms start to become uh, oh god yes i'm ticking a lot of those that's when we get to stand forward and say i want and deserve and need more to care for my body and it's the same when we talk about the changes that we experience that ladies can set us into a hormonal and emotional spiral of needing comforted yeah and there's nothing wrong with that and that comfort can come in a glass or a bottle of wine in the evening that comfort can come in reducing back your activity levels because you are so significantly fatigued that you cancel that boxing session you cancel that walk with a friend you cancel that gym session that you had booked and all of a sudden our lifestyle is impacted we're becoming more sedentary like dr caris was it was explaining becomes a bit of a challenge and a risk factor we maybe dive in a bit more to the more refined carbohydrates because we feel so lacking in energy and tired that we think i'll just have a biscuit that's going to help me feel that energy increase from the sugar and we all of a sudden become very numbed and mindless in how we approach how we feel and Mm. you're not doing anything wrong okay this is not about pointing or wagging fingers this is about suggesting there is so much help out there for you if you're listening to this thinking oh my god do you are you seeing me right now are you looking at me okay so at the start of this when i said there may be some parts to this episode that you feel triggered by it's important to know that it's triggering you because your mindfulness is is kicking in to say this is us this is me So it's important to acknowledge it. It's important to have awareness of it and to be assured, really rest assured that there are knowledgeable people out there that can guide you and support you. And we definitely need way more NHS GPs like yourself, Dr. Karis. I think it's really important. I think what you've touched on there is also really important as your experience is, is, is you've done incredibly, haven't you, to, to get through that and the worries and the anxiety that you've had and then with mm. your dad as well. So it's amazing, you're inspirational. And I think the way you're helping and supporting other women is inspirational. And what you put, what one really important point you made there is yes, we can give you advice and we know this is what you should do. You shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't eat that. But actually when you're menopausal, sometimes getting through the day is enough. And, you know, you're going to need some of you are going to sail through and skip through like there's absolutely no problem at all and others are going to have to they're going to need help and support and it's okay to have that time for help and support and then gradually bring those changes in Mm -hmm. I mean certainly I can say that I'm taking hormone replacement therapy absolutely and I wouldn't make I wouldn't have managed without it for me it was the mental health side and the cognitive side Mm. that I found tremendously difficult and um it's made an enormous difference but at that time um exercise I found very very helpful but I do think that necessarily look you know your self-care isn't on the agenda some days it's Mm. getting to the end of the day um and then when you look back mm-hmm. um realize how those hormones have affected you 
um, you think, goodness, yes, you know, uh, I, I do need to look forward to my future, but I've also got to really look after myself. And the most important thing is to ask for help and support. There is a lot, a lot of yes. help and support out there. Um, and you make the right decision whether you would like to take hormone replacement therapy or you would rather not take it. But yep. it is really important to look at your lifestyle, but it doesn't all have to be done on the one day. Um, and, you know, you need to think of the future. But if you're struggling, you haven't slept for a week, you know, you've you've got all these symptoms happening to your body. Um, it, it is... It is just important to make sure you, you're getting through it with enough support. And luckily Lovely. for us now, menopause and perimenopause is spoken about so much. I and mean, there's a lot of people who are able to help. And you know, if anybody does have a question, I don't work privately. I've got my little company, Rowan Health, which I now do some blogging on my website because it turns out I really enjoy blogging. <laughs> um, and I, yeah. I, um, I love writing about women's health, but I also... People do send me little messages on Instagram and um, and I'm really happy to give some advice just to point you in the right direction. Um, sometimes it just involves a little bit of signposting and it might help. So I don't mind doing that at all. It's not it's not a fee based thing. So um, if you've got a, something you're, you're worried about, I often get these little messages just which I, I might not be able to help. But if I can, then I'm happy to. In summary, then we have chatted a lot about the impacts we understand. And we've covered this in previous episodes as well about, you know, the changes that we can experience in our perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal years and stages of our female life. Um, metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance are not inevitable. They are something that can happen to some ladies and certainly by understanding and being very truly in connection with your own body, that is how you're going to notice if there is change. Yeah. So first and foremost, let's step out of being in that mindless existence and just showing up every day. We go through the motions and then we sleep and then we wake up and go through the motions. This is about being very present, present in how you feel, present in how you are showing up for yourself because no one else can do that for you. So please ensure that you are stepping into that mindfulness stage and mindfulness, when we break that down into what it means, is about being present in the here and now, okay? Not allowing your mind to wander into what you're doing at 5 p.m. this evening, but instead thinking, how do I feel now? Okay, and a simple, really, really beautiful practice that you can take away and try for yourself whenever you need a mindful moment. There are so many out there, but at what you can do, you are sitting predominantly. I know you are. I see you. I want you to place a hand on your heart space and a hand on your belly. And I want you to just allow your breath to be felt through your hands. Feel the chest rise and fall. Feel the belly expand and decrease. And just connect with your natural breath. Okay, bringing your senses and emotions into your body. And then taking a very deep breath in through your nose. You're going to practice what we call the halo active breath. Beautiful, beautiful breath, which brings your body back into rest and digest away from fight, flight or freeze response. So out of that stressed state and into that rest and digest. And as you breathe in through the nose to fill the lungs, you will feel the chest really vastly expand. Shoulders may rise. Beautiful. And then as you release the breath, 
I want you to visualize that breath coming out and surrounding your environment with so much love, compassion. It's like a big massive cuddle coming around your body. And make that outward breath longer than your inward breath. And do that four times over minimum. Okay, that is your mindful moment in the here and now and connecting yourself back with you. Because none of this is inevitable. Menopause is, okay? Nobody gets to skip it. I hear this a lot. Adele, I think I skipped it. I feel great. And I'm like, you're just one of the very few ladies in this world that feels amazing through her perimenopause. <laughs> and there are some people out there, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I love that that gets to be. I love yeah. that in the future that will probably get to be for everyone as we start to make our menopause care part of our journey, not just, you know, to the point that we're kind of left to figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. Because what we do know is that when estradiol or estradiol, however you want to pronounce it, starts to drop, our body's ability to really function in its efficient way previously changes. I mean, even yeah. the absorption of vitamin D and calcium, the body cannot do that effectively and optimally when we don't have those estradiol stores. So again, think about immune health, yeah, calcium for bone protection. All of these things are impacted. So you are not doing anything wrong. If you are listening to this thinking, well, how do I start to make a change? Like Dr. Sonnenberg has said, it's important that we take one step. Okay, what is one thing that you can focus on? And what I would get you to envisage here is within the reclamation formula, Okay, this formula I have designed and curated years and years over is to focus on either your nutrition, on your lifestyle, or on your mind and mindfulness practices. Pick one thing. It might be, Adele, I'm going to commit to just getting one more source of protein into my day, each day. Or I'm going to commit to having two pieces of either one fruit and one veg extra today. Okay, so don't make it complicated. Pick one thing and stick to that one thing this week. Then you build upon that foundation. And that's where the magic happens. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really brilliant advice. It has been an absolute pleasure to go into this with you. I am hoping deep down that someone has listened to this and does not now feel the scariness around, I am going to get metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance. Sometimes it can be something that does happen to some women, but it's not inevitable for everyone. You do have the ability to support your body in this journey through the food you eat and the choices you make how mobile you are or how sedentary you become. So please do remember that you can control a lot of this through your single thought and choice processes. No one is making you do or not do anything. Okay, please step into this. And here is another part to a trigger that may come and something I want you to know comes from a brilliant space of love and compassion for you. So I'm opening my arms out to you virtually right now as I say, your choice and your decisions are yours. Okay, if you choose not to have the fruits and vegetables and you choose not to live the mobility lifestyle your body craves and needs to thrive, then you must face the consequences of those choices and actions because they were always yours to make and take. So please, okay, step outside of being in the victim space. If this is feeling tough right now, you are not needing to do this on your own. 
You are a message away from Dr. Karis Sonnenberg. You are a message away from me, the menopause coach. You get to ask questions, okay? So just reach out and ask. Perfect advice. We are in control and we have to take control of our bodies and our future. Um, And if we do that, we, we can only see the benefits. So for those of these amazing, wonderful lady listeners, Um, And gentlemen, if we have any of our men and our coaches here present with us, where can they find you if they want to connect? Instagram, um, it's Dr. Karis Sonnenberg. um, And I've got my little web page at www.rowenahealth.co.uk. And I also do some things um, on LinkedIn and TikTok, but Instagram's the the best and easiest place to probably find me. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely love it. We will, as always, pop the direct links in the show notes for you so that you can connect with Dr. Karis Sonnenberg for all of your ongoing support just absorb everything she puts out it is factual and it's beautifully beautifully presented so thank you to everyone for listening in with us today our hope between dr caris sonnenberg and myself is that you have taken something away from here if you're left with further questions you know where to come you know what to choose you know what to do so act on that and until next time make sure you are subscribed because all of our subscribed listeners do get vip access and early listens but don't tell anybody else that's just for you it's been a pleasure as always having you as our listener i truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you I ask only one thing, to help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. Because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.